This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Not all that hard, but I do try. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Perhaps the one of the best games of the weekend, not even perhaps, is not even happening on the weekend. It's happening Monday night. You've got the Cowboys and the Chargers in Monday night football. You've got Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy. And you just know that Kellen Moore is going to want to put up 60 if he could. That's not going to happen. But, Joe, this is one of those games that I think is not just intriguing from that personal standpoint, but it really gives us a great feel about where the Cowboys are here in regrouping. After just getting pounded last week by San Francisco, this is what I would call a red alert game, right? It's one of those games where if the Cowboys win, okay, we all need to step back and just respect them for where where they are. We understand that the Chargers can screw things up from here uh, from on occasion and and blow games themselves, but if the Cowboys lose this game, look out, Jack. This is one of those situations that could get ugly faster than later. The thing is, we spent so much time paying attention to Dallas and San Francisco. And then in the fallout, we spent so much time looking back. We didn't think to look too far ahead as to what it could mean for the Cowboys' big picture here. Big picture, you lose this game to the Chargers, who are coming off their bye week, and who have been involved in nothing but one-score games going back to 1984. That's an exaggeration, but every game this year has been a one-score game like usual. You lose this game, you've lost three of four. On top of that, Philadelphia is playing the Jets. If they get past New York, you're now three back in the division. It's mid-October. You can't be three back in the division because as we know, and as we've said time and time again, the Cowboys can't be a wild card team. If they're a wild card team, that means in order to go to the Super Bowl, they likely have to go through Philly and Dallas, both on the road, and that's not happening with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. So this is an all-hands-on-deck, red-alert game that you said for very good reason. Number one, the big picture. Number two, short-term, as a coach, as a quarterback, Michael Parsons as the leader of the defense, y'all got to show that you can bounce back from, like Parsons said, getting punched in the face. You go lose this game after getting rolled, no one's going to take you serious. And very few take you serious to begin with, but no one's going to be taking you serious if you can't figure out how to navigate this one. Especially after the Parsons comments on Monday that, yeah, yeah, we got beat up, but we don't know any champions that aren't battle-tested. Okay. So it's also about response, about how you get back up to that point. And then there's the offense. Here's Dan Arlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst, as we know, on first take on Monday on the issues with the Dallas offense that he sees. Offensively, the Cowboys, it showed to be archaic and antiquated. Standstill offense. And then when we talk about the quarterbacks, Dak Prescott looked timid. Dak Prescott made mistakes that he should not make. Dak Prescott threw interceptions that he should not attempt. And Brock Purdy was by far the better player on the field. Yeah, this is – that. that's – an indictment, so to speak, about where they are. And I I get what Mike McCarthy has wanted to do. And he was taking his flowers through the first few weeks of the season outside of what happened in Arizona. What we saw the other day was an offense that was just overwhelmed and never really had a chance against a superior defense, but also a coach that did not adapt to try to make some things happen. I mean, that, that offense looks... 
That offense looks like it's from 1988. What excites you about it? What gives you reason to believe that it's cutting edge, that it's in the modern day? You watch Miami. Okay, we get it. You watch San Francisco. We get it. You watch Philadelphia. We get it. Kansas City. We get it. The list goes on and on. The Super Bowl contenders, when you watch them play offense, you're not left wondering a whole lot. We've asked some questions about Kansas City, but let's be honest. Kansas City's done a lot enough over the last six years that we don't need to dig too deep on whether or not there's problems there. They've earned the benefit of the doubt. All the true Super Bowl contenders, they look very much the part on offense. Then there's the Dallas Cowboys. Eh, not really. There's nothing special. And it would be a thing if, like, there was an offensive line issue like there are with teams in Washington or if there was a um, quarterback issue like perhaps with the Jets or perhaps they didn't have the weapons at wide receiver like Justin Fields had to deal with prior to the arrival of DJ Moore. No, you you have everything, Carlin. You have the high-priced veteran quarterback. You have the above-average offensive line. You've got the weapons at wide receiver. There's no reason that this offense shouldn't be able to go out there and hang a number. You know, I look at this Chargers defense, and it's it's just not good. It's not good. It's it's fine against the run. It's bad against the pass. So when you look at this game, and you know what McCarthy wants to do first and foremost, if you're Mike, can you trust your quarterback against what we would both think is a bad pass defense? One that was, I mean, so bad that they were willing to give J.C. Jackson away back to the the uh, Patriots for nothing. With that being the case, are you willing to let Dak go out there and try to make a few more plays to win this game? Because it's funny. It feels like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you don't, when are you ever going to show some confidence in the guy to go win a game? And if you do, well, he better not let you get beat. He better not make the mistake that it doesn't matter who that defense is. I think after what we watched last week, everybody's responsible for playing huge this week with the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's what that comes down to. I don't think anyone has to put it on Prescott, put it on the offense, put it on the defense. Every single member of that organization was humiliated last week at San Francisco. You should all be stepping up. The Dallas defense should be getting after Justin Herbert and limiting this Charger offense, which, by the way, is expected to have Austin Eckler back. So it looks like you're going to have another formidable weapon on that Charger offense. As for the Dallas offense, they should be able to hang a nice number here. This Charger defense stinks. They have stunk for a while. They cannot seem to figure it out. They're either hurt or underperforming or out of position. Brandon Staley's a defensive mind, and his defense is an absolute mess. So you should be able, as the Dallas Cowboys, to go in and have success on both sides of the ball. Maybe the defense struggles a little bit. That's okay. Chargers do have a good offense. But ultimately, you should be able to pull this one out because the Chargers can't get the stops on defense. I mean, look at that game the Chargers played against Miami early in the season. Miami goes into their house, beats them 36-34. That's what Dallas should be able to do. That sort of performance, but maybe a little lower scoring. Maybe it's something like 31-24 because I would expect the Dallas defense to get a couple more stops in this game. But you gave up 36 to Miami. You gave up 27 to Tennessee. You gave up 24 to Minnesota. And then you held the Raiders to just 17. Congratulations. You got two weeks to get ready for this game. The Chargers, very quietly, could be on a three-game winning streak and at 3-2 and and in a good position to contend for a wild card if they can win this game. The thing is, because they're playing the Cowboys, the Cowboys are the story. But this game is going to present a plethora 
of talking points come Tuesday morning because one of these two teams is in serious trouble. And if it's Brandon Staley who outcoaches Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones has got to take a long look in the mirror about what he's going to do with his head coach moving forward because it's one thing to go to San Francisco and get outcoached by Kyle Shanahan. Everyone expected that. If McCarthy goes to Philly and gets outcoached by Nick Sirianni, everyone expects that. It'd be the same thing if he went up against Andy Reid, Mike McDaniel, and some of the other great coaches in the league. But if Brandon Staley's going to outcoach you, you got a huge problem on your hands if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Joe, I don't love throwing around stats because a lot of times you can make stats say anything, right? In this Feels like case, a bit of an insult knowing how much I enjoy stats. No, no, no. It's not Feels like I a direct shot there. No, no. It's not that I don't enjoy stats. Joe, you I, know that thing you've built your career on? I'm not really into it. I, no, I, don't, really, uh, I don't really believe in it. I, but I think you've built your career on <laughs> so much less than that. Um, listen, here's the thing about it. This number really alarms me. The Chargers this year are giving up 300 yards per game passing. Oof. The Chargers this year are giving up 300 yards per game passing. Joe, a third of the league is not giving up 300 yards per game in total. Think about what? that for a second. Yeah. A third of the league is not giving up 300 yards per game in total. And the Chargers are giving up 300 yards passing per game all right so let's take a look at those quarterbacks they faced again as my computer chooses this exact moment to freeze up fantastic so it was jimmy garoppolo was it did they did they go against garoppolo in that head-to-head meeting because it was Uh, o'connell that played for garoppolo last week i think garoppolo suffered the concussion in that game yes they've gone against kirk cousins they've gone against Tua tungavailoa that was a game where miami rolled up i think 500 yards of offense Mm -hmm. against them so yeah, I mean they've the Chargers have faced some they've really gone good Ryan offense. Tannehill, Joe. Yeah, that one was ugly. We we were on the right side of that. We had Tennessee in that game, so that worked out nicely. We for did, us, but. but Ryan Tannehill threw for two forty six in that game. Yeah, that should not be happening. No. Okay. Especially no. with the weapons he's dealing with. 300 yards a game. I mean, this would be – Staley's had two weeks to get ready. This is a fascinating game on so many levels. Fascinating because of the it fallout. Was, by the way, the by the way, I'm sorry. Back up a sec. It was Aiden O'Connell. And Aiden O'Connell, who had not taken a snap before in the league, if I'm not mistaken, certainly hadn't started a game, went 24 of 39 for 238. Hmm. I mean, Aiden seems, O'Connell. Seems suboptimal, as they say. Yes, sub-optimal. I would say that's suboptimal. <laughs> so here's my point. If this is not a week for Dak to get a little confidence back, I don't know what is. It's get right week, right? You got to get right here against the Chargers. They're, they're actually not terrible against the run. You know, they only give up 104 yards a game against the run. But those passing numbers, boy, I'll tell you what, if we are sitting here on Monday talking about a Cowboy loss and talking about Dak throwing two picks, oofa. And and you know what? I don't think it's outlandish to suggest that we could be doing that. No, not at all. This Charger team's going to come in live. It's a tight point spread. It's two. Chargers are at home. They're off the bye. They've got an offense. The coaching matchup here is just... Oh, it's just a delight when it comes to game management. You are not going to want to take your eyes off these decisions. I do really want this. uh, And I said Monday. I mean Tuesday because it is a Monday night game. But uh, I do want this to come down to who can out bad decision the other guy. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. what will be the worst decision made in this game? Who who will? We're, you know what? We'll set some props during Monday's show. We'll set I some. Like you can only find them here on Carlin versus Joe. Mike <laughs> McCarthy, Brandon Staley coaching props. That is something we are going to deliver to the people on Monday. We'll take calls and we'll take fake bets as well. Carla versus Joe ESPN radio. Don't forget to tune in for some football on Sunday on ESPN radio. The Browns host the 49ers coverage begins noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations in moments, two teams with playoff expectations. They're in big trouble in week six. And now they are without their quarterbacks. It's next ESPN radio in the ESPN. app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Gave you two college plays earlier. Penn State UMass under 55. Bowling Green plus four and a half. Let's go to Pro Bats. Number one, let's go to London. Baltimore minus four over Tennessee. Surprised it's this cheap. Surprised it was actually down at three and a half. So I think I'm on the public side here, but I'll take the Ravens minus the four. They embarrassed themselves against the Steelers last week, and I think we get a good bounce back here. They embarrassed themselves earlier in the season against the Colts, bounced back with a 25-point win over Cleveland, and I think you get that bounce back here led by a Baltimore defense that ranks top three in both scoring and opponent yards per play. Tennessee's been good. They're well coached. They've been good-ish, but they've got a limited ceiling on offense where they're averaging just 17 points per game. So pizza money number three, Baltimore minus four over Tennessee. Pizza money number four, Indianapolis plus four over Jacksonville. Jacksonville just spent two weeks in London. I think that travel back's going to mess up the body clocks just a little bit. I also think they're a little bit overvalued coming off that big win over the Buffalo Bills, which we predicted on this show. Buffalo had just beaten Miami. They traveled to London. Good spot for the Jags. So I think we got a good opportunity here to sell high on Jacksonville. Indy's been very feisty. I think they're able to score with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, not the typical backups situation in the NFL. Pizza money number four, Colts plus four. Pizza money number three to reiterate, Baltimore minus four over Tennessee. 
Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. It's pretty clear that the next head coach of the New England Patriots, a guy that Kraft absolutely will want to hire, is going to be in the building next week. Mike Vrabel is on a bye week next week with the Tennessee Titans, and he's going to be in New England. Peter King. If he were on the street, I bet Robert Kraft would want him yesterday uh, if he decides to make a change. Jeff Darlington. I am 100% behind you on that. Vrabel is the perfect fit. I am the smartest man alive! (laughs) I want every single person in the coming weeks. I'm going to be more annoying than Greeny talking about the Jets (laughs) about this, if I am right. More annoying about it. it. And let me tell you something. That's saying something. Greeny is insufferable about the Jets. He's walking around this morning on Get Up trying to get people to pick the Jets in an upset this weekend. What, are we high? Well, maybe they got a better chance now. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. And I say that because, Joseph, we've got a few different injury updates to get to for the games this weekend. Number one involves Eagles-Jets. How about this? This from Schefter, uh, Adam Schefter on Twitter. Uh, Jalen Carter, their outstanding rookie defensive tackle, uh, sprained his ankle during practice this week. His status for Sunday against the Jets in question. Eagles uh, head coach... Uh, Nick Sirianni also said the team could be without Darius Slay, their corner, who has a knee injury. There are a lot of places that are suggesting that, in fact, both will miss the game. So the Jets getting a bit of a break and not having those two players on the field for the Eagles defense. I don't believe that's going to end up making the difference here. Uh, I'm looking at the line right now, and it's at the Jets. It's Eagles minus six and a half at the moment. Uh, lay this out for me with this injury news. Yeah, I see it down as six. And that's a significant move off the key number of seven. Seven is the second most key number after three because a lot of games end on a differential of seven. 35-28-28-21-31-24. You know, you can see the pattern there. So to move off of seven down to six, that, that tells you something. If it was just one of those guys, I don't know if we see much, but to see both of them on the defensive side, it opens up some opportunity here for Zach Wilson. I wasn't high on this game to begin with. It's been weird because the market has moved against Philadelphia in four games this year. The Patriot game where they won and covered. The Minnesota game where they won and pushed. The Tampa game where they won and covered. And then the Rams game where they won and covered. The only time the market moved against Philly was the Washington game, which is the only game they didn't cover the point spread. Now you have a situation here where the market was moving with them, but because of the injuries, it's back basically to where it opened up. So it's a stay away from me. I don't know. Maybe the Jets get up for this game. They're coming off a huge, huge win in Denver. But if Hurts and the offense get going in this game and there's no injuries on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think the Jets are going to have enough to engage in a firefight. Do you? I don't see it. That's why, I mean, it's, it's starting to feel like a good value to me. It's starting to feel like maybe because of what you just said, like the Eagles haven't played their best as of yet, but they're still covering for the most part. So when that's the case, I'm kind of feeling them a little bit here. Oh, know? yeah. A little bit. A little Interesting. bit. All right. How about the Browns? Deshaun Watson officially ruled out for the second straight game. Now, remember, they had the bye week last week, too. So this is now three weeks. 
this injury for Watson where it's been a major problem. Uh, P.J. Walker will start at quarterback against San Francisco. Uh, ESPN's Jake Trotter briefly asked Watson in the locker room if he had an update on his shoulder. He declined to give one. That is not a good sign. The 49ers right now, I've got them at nine and a half. What do you have them at? I see it at the same spot. It's been steaming up. Originally, it was right around four. And then some money came in after the big win over Dallas, pushed it up near a touchdown. Then the Watson News started, got it up to a touchdown. And then the Watson News was basically confirmed, and it shot up to nine and a half. Total's only 36. So, I mean, you got an underdog catching nine and a half points in a game where Vegas is pricing the total at 36. That's extremely low. But you can see the Niners winning this game you know, 20 to 10, right? Something like that. I wonder if the Niners come out sleepy here. Think about the situation. You're off a huge win over Dallas. You're undefeated. Everybody's hyping you up. You're coming east, early start time, very good defense. Maybe you overlook these guys a little bit because you're dealing with a backup quarterback who isn't very good. Wouldn't surprise me if Cleveland hung around in this game a little bit early. Not saying that that's going to be the case, but you could see there just being a little bit of an emotional letdown here combined with the situation in which maybe Cleveland makes a couple plays early in this game and finds a way to hang around into the second half. Uh, I personally would stay away from this game myself right now. I don't love that. Would you... I mean, do, do I want to tease that down? What do I want to do there? I'm not doing much with it. I, I The Cleveland Brown team total is 13 and a half, meaning you could bet under 13 and a half points. That's somewhat intriguing if the Niner defense shows up. Uh, if you want to tease it down, it's not the ideal teaser number. When you play with six-point teasers, and for those who don't know about them, you get six points to move the point spread. So right. Eagles minus six, you can move that down to a pick em. Eagles just need to win the game. Sounds great, right? Well, the catch is you need to do it with a second team as well. So you could take the Rams minus seven and tease them down to minus one. Six points for each point spread. You move them. You need to win both in order to win the bet. What you want to do with a teaser is move through two key numbers. So if you're plus two, like, for example, I think maybe Houston is, teasing them up is fantastic to plus eight because you move through the key number of three, key number of four, key number of seven. It's a great teaser number. Anytime you see a team minus eight, they're an excellent teaser play no matter what. You can just do it blindly. It doesn't mean it's going to win, but that's, that's the way you do it. All right, last one. Giants have officially ruled out Daniel Jones for Sunday night's game against the Bills. Huh. Tyrod Taylor will start against his former team. Also out. Left tackle Andrew Thomas. Center John Michael Schmitz. Linebacker Aziz Ojolari. That number is 15 and a half right now. Buffalo. How about this? The Giants just wave the white flag and don't even bother. Save yourself the injuries, the money for travel. I don't even know. They might be the home team. I don't even know. I'll tell you what. Can you treat it like intramural softball? We don't have enough guys to play. Yeah. We just, we don't, we don't, we're not playing. You guys can take this one. We're okay with it. You're going to lose anyway, so why risk the injury and everything else? I I don't know. I mean, these numbers are so huge to cover, and I don't think there's a massive drop-off between Jones and Tyrod Taylor. Like, I'm not saying they're equal, but I don't think there's some massive drop-off. You see what happens. Miami was a big favorite last week, but they make enough mistakes that they let the other team hang around. Buffalo's down Matt Milano. They're down Tredavious White. Ah, 15 and a half. I mean, God, I've actually kind of looked to the Giants a little bit here, but I I can't do this, Carlin. I wouldn't bet it with your money. (laughs) It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And that's saying something because you would. You'll throw my money around like it's nothing. 
Absolutely. And trust me, my money is nothing. Uh, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, well, we mentioned the Eagles and the Jets. One Eagle player thinks he has found a way to stop the tush push. That's right. That's after I read this from Indeed because I have been specifically requested by the people from Indeed to read this commercial for them. Me, Carlin only. <laughs> Thank you. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. They said what? What? I have to believe one and one is three. I, I can't. I can't uh, operate where one and one is two. They said what? what? Oh God, I love that. <laughs> every time, every time. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM. Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. They said what? We start with Jason Kelsey on his New Heights podcast with his brother uh, uh, Travis, the Eagles center, on what teams are going to do to finally try to stop the tush push. There really haven't been that many injuries on this play. Yeah. But if there's a way that this play is going to be outlawed, this is how it's going to be. This is it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And what I'm worried about is if I'm a defensive coach – any of these that I can like have a guy like go up limp on because I'm planning ahead for next year to try and stop offenses. I'm telling you, I swear, I guarantee guys are going to start faking injuries. It's going to start off minor injuries at first, but they're already thinking about how can we get this outlawed for next season? Because that's all they're doing. They're just complaining. And now guys are going to start faking injuries, just like they fake injuries in situations to stop you from going bolt. And it's nonsense. It's not a, it's not a play that has been historically a higher injury chance and listen, I think I give him some credit for saying it in advance of it because it's going to be a thing. But secondly, has anybody else noticed that the teams that have tried to do it are not doing it as well? Psst, let me give you a little secret here, okay? Jason Kelsey's really freaking good at it. He's the guy that is doing it really well. And if you don't have a center as good as him who plays that that play in particular as brilliantly as he does, you're not going to be good at it. I think they've only had it stopped once in two years, Joe. The, the genius of it is that they make it look so easy. All of us say, how come everyone's not doing it? And then, like you said, you watch other teams do it, and they screw it up at every turn. They get blown up in the backfield. Quarterback doesn't squat 600. Guys pushing from behind aren't actually pushing. I hate when we get to a point in sports or anywhere where we find ways to make it more efficient, where we find ways to get better, and then we want to outlaw it, and we want to cry and complain because we can't figure out how to stop it. Figure out how to stop it. Be as smart. Find a way. Like in baseball, no one could figure out the defensive shift. 
Everyone was crying. Everyone was so upset that the shift was ruining the game. Why? People actually got smarter. The Pirates got smarter and started realigning their defensive players to put them in a better situation, and everyone got mad at it. In basketball, everyone's mad that guys are shooting three-pointers. Why wouldn't they? It's three points instead of two. Wake up. The long Carmelo Anthony two-pointer is the least efficient shot in all of basketball. Like, why wouldn't you want to find a way to play the game smarter, to play the game better? And then when we do that, instead of applauding it and and sitting back saying, wow, that's actually really clever, all we do is look to tear it down because it's unfair. It's not unfair. Go find a way to stop it. Well said. DK Metcalf, Seahawks wide receiver, asked about Jamar Chase's game. From Jamar Chase's game, what can you appreciate? What do you admire about that? I mean, just a long ball that uh, I think uh, Burrow threw to him um, on like a 70-yard bomb, just how effortlessly he caught the ball. So uh, he's just a great receiver. Um, Tip my hat off to him with, you know, what he's done the first three years in the league. Um, So, um, you know, it'll be fun to watch uh, Sunday, but I think Spoon will get the best of him. I think Devin Witherspoon, the rookie corner, will get the best of him. Is that helping? I don't think that's helping, Joe. I don't think that helps. I've said words about DK Metcalf off air that I can't I can't say on air. I, I I don't I just don't understand this. I get that people want to trash talk. I love that part of the game, but why would you put the target on your rookie teammates back? It makes no sense to me. Why would against, you go out of against, your way yeah. to take your rookie teammate and throw him in the crosshairs? Because you know Cincinnati sees this, and they say, all right, let's go roast this guy. Like, Metcalf's not playing defense. He doesn't have to stop Chase. He doesn't have to stop Burrow. Like, why would you do that to your rookie teammate? You're just not thinking. Metcalf better go out there and have as good, if not better, of a game than Jamar Chase. Why don't you go handle your business rather than throwing it all on your rookie corner who has said nothing about this this week? And that kid's been amazing. Don't get me wrong. Devin Witherspoon's been absolutely fantastic. There's no need to put the target on his back. And you're doing it against the guy that when healthy, I understand there's a lot of people in this category, okay? And I get what I'm saying. Best receiver in football. I would take Jamar Chase... Slightly over Justin Jefferson. He's a beast. He is an absolute beast. And you are not helping the case there for your guy that's going to have to deal with him on Sunday. And then finally, our old buddy Bart Scott this morning on Get Up on what the Ravens should do to help themselves here before the trade deadline. I think they should call Big Blue and say, I'll take Saquaz for a second-round draft pick. I'm not worried about what his contract is and the fact that he doesn't have a long-term contract. I think this would be equivalent to what happened last year when you talk about San Francisco trading for McCaffrey. I think you bring Saquon Barkley in that backfield. Justin Hill's been fumbled. They were already in contracts with J.K. Dobbins for a long-term deal, so that means they're willing to pay the money for the position. Jonathan Taylor just set the market at $14 million. Trade for Saquon Barkley, and I think that puts fear in Kansas City and Cincinnati. Now, I don't think it that Saquon is the best fit overall for Baltimore, but the team that they're playing on Sunday night, if you traded Saquon Barkley to the Bills, I think that really helps Buffalo. Really Ooh. helps them. 
Oof. Give them another weapon. That's something we talk about in the offseason a lot. Well, look, if you can't solve the uh, the problems on your defensive end where you lost starting cornerback Tredavious White for the season and linebacker Matt Milano likely for the season, why not up the offense, right? Try to just add some more firepower and cover it up in a good old-fashioned shootout style. That's what I'd be thinking. Saquon Barkley there. Weren't you pitching another team this morning as well? Uh, For Saquon, no. The only other team that, that came up, he mentioned the Ravens. I think yeah. if I'm the Giants right now, I, I, I what, what am I looking for? Am I looking? I'm not getting a first round pick, with as much as he's been hurt. Can I get a third round pick for him? That's an interesting. Yeah, I, I you might have a shot at something like that. You got to you got to also probably work out a long term deal with him too. Like that during the negotiations, you're going to have to make sure you and Saquon's not necessarily going to be thrilled well, to go you can't somewhere do else that right now because and, of the fact that he was franchised. This yeah, so that's going to make it tough. Who's going to want to give up a third round pick for a rental? Like you can maybe convince him to stay. You can maybe make some back back room uh, wheelings and dealings and then close on that later down the line. But it's tricky. It's a tricky situation. I mean, there's only one other one or two other teams that I'd even think about. Like if I was Pittsburgh, would I think about that? With as bad as their offense has been, maybe. Yeah. I mean, but it's not great. It's not. I think for Buffalo, it's it's as perfect as could be. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. The one bet with the biggest payoff you will hear on ESPN Radio. That's right. It's next. Stick with us on Carlin versus Joe. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The bigger the parlay, show me the money. The more it will pay. It's big money, very big money. It's time to head into the control room for this week's producer parlay. All right, once again, it is the producer parlay. Let's explain the rules, Joe Fortenbaugh. Chris Carlin and myself, we care. We care about the people behind the scenes. Not like the other shows where they'll step all over their producers and board ops. We like to take care of ours. And we like to take care of the producers and board ops on other shows as well. So the premise here is simple. We put up the money for an eight-leg parlay every single week. We front the cash, 20 bucks. That's coming out of our pocket. And if the parlay hits with each show getting to make one selection, the producers get to divvy it amongst themselves. They don't even have to give us the 20 bucks back if they want. They can keep that as well. That is our pledge to them because we are first-class human beings. Well, we have Evan Wilner and Eric Hanman here to deliver the selections for this week's producer parlay. Take over, boys. So on Sportsmanlike is going with a Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown. Greenies producers going Eagles, Jets over 41 total points. Freddie and Harry taking the Colts, getting four at Jacksonville. And Amber and Ian going with a DJ Moore anytime touchdown. Okay, those are the first four. Uh, Evaluate those for me because I'm raising some eyebrows here. Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, is somewhere around minus 175. So unsportsmanlike going out of their way to jeopardize the ultimate payout by taking a big favorite. Although McCaffrey has scored a touchdown in every game, I don't know, dating since he showed up in San Francisco, guy's always in the end zone. Eagles Jets over, no feel there. Colts plus four, you know how I feel about that. That's a pizza money wager. Nice job, Freddie and Harry. Amber and Ian going DJ Moore anytime TD against the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, I don't know what the price is on that, but I can get behind it. All right. 
the second four, we turn to Eric Hanman. All right, let's go. Carlin versus Joe. Garrett Wilson over 50 and a half receiving yards. Game night has Tua over 274 and a half passing yards. The Paul Feinbaum show is going Calvin Ridley over 60 and a half receiving yards. And finally, we go to the remotes. Jordan Addison over 52 and a half receiving yards. Joseph, your evaluation. No Justin Jefferson, so I like the remotes trying to find opportunity. Jordan Addison should see more targets against a bad Bears defense. Over 52 and a half receiving yards looks relatively strong. Calvin Ridley over 60 and a half receiving yards going against the Indianapolis Colts. There's opportunity there. Tua over 274 and a half passing yards. That one feels like a layup, so it scares me a little bit, right? You're playing Carolina. You could blow them out early and then throttle back late. And then Garrett Wilson over 50 and a half receiving yards. We did just find out no Darius Slay expected for the Eagles on Sunday. So there's some opportunity there. I will say of these eight, normally I have strong critiques about what goes on with at least two or three of these. This is a really, this is a fairly well-rounded, well-rounded job here. Lots of overs. If you notice, we don't really have any unders here. We have one, two, three, four, five over bets. And then an anytime, two anytime TDs and a Colts plus four. We have one side. Uh, To answer one of your questions. I taught them nothing. You taught them nothing. You taught them, uh, to answer your question from earlier, uh, the DJ Moore anytime touchdown, I got a plus 175. Plus 175. DJ Moore, see, that's nice. That's what we're looking to to bump up the payouts, which, by the way, what is this going to cost if uh, we put down the 20? What ends up coming back when I plot plug this thing in? Evan? $3,877.94. So it is plus. One nine two eight nine. Carlin, let me ask you something. If one of these actually hits, courtesy of us putting down the cash for them, do you think any one of them would even so much as say thank you, buy us a piece of pizza? Because so far we've now done this for five weeks. Not right. one person has been like, hey, man, it's kind of cool that you do this for us. Thanks. Never one. Not even Wilderner or Handman. And they're on our show. Yeah, well, that's not that surprising because they, they don't really care for us that much, even though we're going out of our way to do this, which is why when I suggested the handling fee of 35%, I'm a little disappointed that you wouldn't back me up. The handling fee of 35% that should go to us is just based on the fact that they don't give a damn about us. So, yeah. you know, we should at least be able to wet our beaks here a little bit. I, I have I have a new suggestion. If this hits, why don't we just keep the cash? Uh, that's How about a suggestion. that? How about that to everyone who hasn't even bothered to acknowledge the fact that we're doing something this classy for everybody? Yes. What's yes. Evan Cohen doing for everybody? Look, Nothing. We are giving every show on this network a chance for the producers, people involved in the show, to win $484.75 this week. At the risk of nothing. Yes. You literally risk Nothing. You turn nothing over. Nothing. And here I'm we are. I'm keeping this money. If this hits, I'm keeping this money. I've decided. Even... This is no longer the producer parlay. This is a standard Joe and Carlin parlay. Does that mean that I now, <laughs> I need to Venmo you my first few weeks of it so that I can at least stay claim to my half should we win? Yeah, I did. Well, I didn't want to bring that up, but you are delinquent all five weeks, if I may say. Well, you told five me Five for five. You're, <laughs> You're getting Listen. full credit for the grandiose gesture. The reality is... I'm the only, and like Jack Parkman in Major League Two, I'm the only winner on the team. The rest of them are losers, either by choice or by birth. <laughs> it is Carlin versus, or by birth. All time line. I that line. 
I forgot that line. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The best line in any of the Major League movies. I don't want to go one-up you here, but in this case, I feel very passionately about this, was in the first Major League movie. After uh, Ricky Vaughn makes his debut, he walks the bases loaded and then gives up the grand slam and then drills the next guy. <laughs> and, Euch- and Euchre goes, about time, it's 8 nothing." <laughs> All right. Lou, Lou. by the way, another good one on that. Lou looking at Ricky Vaughn the first time he sees him. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could go down a hole where we do quotes on that movie all day long. We you really could, could seriously do a three-hour show on Major League quotes. That's how good it is. Are, are you a guy that will randomly just throw out a quote hoping that somebody gets it? 30% of my lexicon is yeah. movie quotes. People just don't realize it because I grab some of the most obscure stuff that is yep. based on timing and tone. So when you actually deploy it, a lot of people don't know. Like the other day when I used that one from your days on Mike and the Mad Dog with the got to lay it there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> most people won't get that. But like that one line just in that spot is just perfect for the audience. It's intended for. Or when I gave you the one from Seinfeld a few weeks back. Now you're being ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most people will hear that and they'll just think that's you saying that. But no, it, it's conjuring up something much more, much more profound. Well, if there's one thing that I've learned that makes great radio, it's inside jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing like speaking to an audience of millions who have no idea what you're saying, but you're laughing and they're not in on it. I think we need to make this particular part uh, that I'm about to give you, this particular nugget I'm about to give you, a weekly segment. I get my weekly email from YouTube TV telling me what the their multi-view of the week is. In other words, what they see as the best four box of the week that they have to offer this coming Sunday. I want you out of the game that we have this week specifically to guess what you think the best four box is for the one o'clock games the best four box for the one o'clock yep oh man i wouldn't even know you mean all four at the same time best four box at one o'clock would be uh vikings bears is going to be interesting i'd want that in there nope bang that's not in there (laughs) nope Bengals seahawks yes uh colts jags yes Niners Browns? Yes. That's not interesting. And then the last one would be don't don't tell me it's Saints Texans. No, it's Washington Atlanta. That's just as bad. These Atlanta uh, games are every Atlanta game is close and yet every Atlanta game is so far from being interesting. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.